Hello friends and folks, and welcome back to Scanlane Media's Gimmick Awards. This is the ending. This is the last. This is the closing. Mm. As Jen is gone, it's just me here, by myself. Except for I'm not by myself. Here's Nick. Oh, hello. It's me, the tumbling tumbleweed, blowing through any region of Scanline Media that I see fit. So we opened through through very lucky coincidence and, and happy offer from uh, our friends Alan and Ryan. We opened the Gimmick Awards with a guest podcast of them just not necessarily giving out awards, just talking about music. Um, and I was thinking, what if we had another duo close out the Gimmick Awards in similar fashion? Mm. Um, and then I was like, well, I would really love to sit down with Nick and just talk about food. Cause talk about food. We do that all the time, but still, <laughs> I'd like to do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so, good. It's good to close out an awards show with just kind of an ambiguous non-awards section, you know. Exactly. Exactly. We're professionals here. So this is this is sort of a, a, a gimmick awards episode of Jackie's Chow. Uh, mm-hmm. Do 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 do. And uh, we're here to talk about our top five foods of 2018. We each have individual lists, and I figure we'll go bottom to top, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, man. Thinking back on, I mean, it, it's what? It's February 8th as we record this, Peak Behind the Veil. It's like a, a very late retrospective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it was extremely, you know, retrospective and nostalgic for me. Trying to think of, you know, what foods do I remember from 2018? You know, there's the there's an element of the gimmick awards where it's like we want to, we never want to do the year's awards in the year. Because I feel mm-hmm. like we need a little bit of distance, and also we want to make sure yeah. that, you know, if you record in November, stuff can happen to December. You know, shit exactly. can happen. Exactly. You know, don't discount the moose heads. And then there's the other part where uh, this took longer than we expected. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Wave sands shoves behind curtain. Um, but here we are. Yeah. It's it's mm-hmm. it's beginning of February. Well, a little past the beginning. Sort of moving into the middle of February. <laughs> and... Uh, Gosh, 2018 was not the year I expected it to be in, in far as, as far as food went. Um, really? As far as like, okay, here's a, here's a quick spoiler for my list. There's no fast food on this list. Wow, that's big for you. It really is. Um, 2018 hmm. was not a year where anyone came out with like this new fast food phenomenon that really wowed me there was some like you know burger king had some ideas and i respected it and taco bell did the thing that they do but it was like this is all like fine like listen the you know the like fucking nacho fries were good but it's like i'm not you know it's not like top five material it's not breaking the mold you know it's still within the box exactly exactly Hmm. um and so a lot of these are dishes i actually ended up making myself for the first time in 2018 wow well that's good what about you nick what was your what was your food 2018 like my food of 2018 like i said it was very retrospective very nostalgic you know i just i finished college in 2018 Mm -hmm. so you know i moved away from philadelphia where i had been for five years and at the end of my stay in the city is when i really felt like i started getting more of a feel for I guess somewhat like what, you know, Philadelphia has to offer, but more like what I would do if I just lived there continuously. Like, I feel like I developed my own style. You know, I I lived Mm -hmm. alone, so I was cooking for myself or for other people, but not like 
for large amounts of people. And so it was just me making all the decisions, basically, sure. on what I was going to cook. It's like, you know, I don't have to cook for roommates. Great. <laughs> so what the heck am I going to do this week? And so it was interesting to see how that developed. And I like how it developed. Now, uh, do you want to go first for number five or should I? I have no preference. I will, I'm going to throw in a runner-up. I'm going to cheat. Okay. okay. I got a runner-up because I... I was finishing. I was. I had to pick number two last. I couldn't figure out which one I wanted to make number two, but I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't mention homemade bread Ooh. as my I, I don't know sixth top sixth food of 2018. I started making bread a lot. I have I actually stopped recently. I haven't done it very much, but like homemade bread. Holy shit! Are you? It's not hard. Are you making like, like a French takes, or a rye, or you got like a sourdough just starter? Just like a fucking. Just a fucking bread. Like, I, I did experiment. I did my own sourdough starter with just, like, yeast from the air, mm-hmm. which was very interesting on its own. But I feel like that could be its own thing. Just, like, regular white or, like, half whole wheat or whole wheat just bread, mm. like, in a, a loaf pan. Dude, it oh, it is infinitely better than store-bought bread of that kind. Like, I'm sure artisanal bread's, like... You know, I like it special German sourdough, and it'd be hard to make that. But just like regular bread, if it's the same thing with like tomatoes. If you've ever had, you know, like homegrown tomatoes, even if you know you get the most organic whatever thing you can get in the supermarket, they're just designed to last longer. Mm-hmm. Like in the case of tomatoes, genetically, and in the case of bread, it's like depending on how they bake it. You know, the ingredients, the preservatives. It just it's so much different, and you know the smell of your dwelling smelling like fresh bread mm-hmm. it's truly a magical thing it's a homemade yeah. bread it's wow. pretty good well i didn't i didn't do very much baking myself in uh, in 2018 or 2017 or 2016 or any year because i i'm not a baker <laughs> um maybe 2019 will be the year yeah. where i crack that but i find it intimidating to be that precise um so my number five dish is a dish that did not require to be to be that precise but did require a lot of work and I made it for the first time, and that's shrimp jambalaya. Mm. Uh, you know, making your own, like, shrimp stock, not that hard, but it's time-consuming, and then you get going, you get cooking with yeah. the shrimp, you get that, you get that good rice in there, you get, um, you have to add some hot sauce <laughs> to it, I've found, um, to really bring oh, out yeah. the flavor, but it really just was kind of magnificent. I ended up, at one point, I started to make it, and I realized I didn't have any ham, um, which is an essential part, um, but I had a kielbasa, and I just threw, I just diced up kielbasa and Ooh. threw it in there, and that was really good. <laughs> huh. uh, that sounds like a good substitution. Yeah, so like some spice. It's interesting because I feel like I've been. There are a couple of cuisines that are, you'll you'll note over the course of this. There are a couple of cuisines that I'm getting more into. I have classically cooked, basically French and American, right? Um, American because I'm in America and like everybody learns how to cook like fucking you know like French toast and shit or whatever like the basic shit mm-hmm. um, and French because like you know like I've always ha- I've always been partial to like you know eggs Benedict and all that kind of thing um, some classic French dishes you are definitely the uh, curator the bearer of the guard for eggs Benedict I, around yeah. these parts. I, I, I am that is my favorite dish in the world um I didn't put it on this list because it's not really a 2018 food for me, um, though I certainly made it plenty in 2018. But that's just that's just a staple of my life. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm getting into Creole more. I'm, I did some red beans and rice. I did an etouffee. I did a jambalaya. And I think the jambalaya was the best. 
I, I've never thought about it. Creole seems like the perfect field for you to go into because it is like French. It has heavy French mm-hmm. influences in a way. I don't really know that way because I don't do a lot. But, you know, I do know that that is a thing. So that seems like, a you know, a great branch for you to explore. Yeah, it's been it's been really rewarding. And I look forward to, to doing some more in that, in that area. What about you? What's your number five, Nick? My number five, I'm actually enjoying right now. Oh, really? <sighs> mm-hmm. So my number five is a beverage. Uh-huh. It is, it's perhaps not what you're thinking. Oh. It is Inu Brewing Company's oh. Echoes of Autumn 2016. Yes, Six thought it was Fanta. No, I was excited for a second and because you'd been experimenting with Irish breakfast again lately. Oh, I was really yes, I, was I really did have excited, some of that earlier. But... <laughs> it is very good, but you know, I'm going to have to explore some Irish breakfast in uh, 2019. Sure, sure. Catch me in a year. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this might be a little bit cheating. But this is a mead that we made in Philadelphia, me and a friend of the show, Harudagu, uh, mostly him, I think, on this one, made in 2016. We made a one-gallon batch. So we made mead in Philly in college. <laughs> I, I can't remember why the hell we did, <laughs> but we started, <laughs> and I think we made five or six decent batches. This was like the second or third and it's probably one of our best. Like, it's the top two, top three at least. It is... So we, we call it, you know, we, depending on the seasons, we had echoes of uh, summer, echoes of spring, echoes of autumn. And this is like... It's like an apple pie. Hmm. It smells like an apple pie. It, hmm, how do we say? I, we put cinnamon in it, right? And we put some other spices mm-hmm. and stuff. I don't think we actually did any apple, but it's just like the spice is so apple pie. And for whatever honey, we might have used like clover. Oh, yeah. Wildflower maybe on this one. I can't remember. It's been a while. But like, so we, we bottled all this stuff in like beer bottles, right? I wasn't going to get huge wine bottles for a one-gallon batch and like try to find a corker. So I got like beer bottles and we put, you know, just like you know beer lids on them <laughs> bottle lids bottle caps you know whatever on them and so they really shouldn't have lasted this long now like two three years later but this is actually the last bottle of any of the mead that we made wow. in philadelphia so it's you know slowly declining while we were there because it shouldn't have lasted very long in beer bottles but this is the last little bit that we have and i've started making mead in five gallon mm-hmm. batches now to you know some success some are exploding somehow (laughs) in my basement right now they've started to explode i've had one or two that you know started to ferment Mm. again in the bottle and so it's shot its corks out so that's been interesting but you know i'm just trying to you know at the moment do like a regular mead just like mostly honey no crazy flavorings eventually maybe we'll get back to it but you know this interesting drink you know brings back a certain memory of 2016 to me an echo. echo. That's really cool. I think, yeah, um, I absolutely considered drinks for my list as well. None of them made it. But, like, I definitely think, you know, mm-hmm. it's the Jackie's Chow experience. You know, we've had episodes just talking about drinks because drinks sometimes feel like they play second fiddle to food. And that's unjust. <laughs> yeah. Quality for drinks. I've never had mead. 
neither had I until we made it. Huh. I have no fun. I got a message, Hot Dog, and ask why the hell we made the first patch. <laughs> it's like when people think mead, they'll probably think, you know, if you've gone to a Renaissance festival, they've probably had mead there. That's probably like ridiculously sweet. Because when people think of mead, they think, oh, it's honey. Honey's ridiculously sweet. Therefore, they make ridiculously sweet, maybe like artificial, probably like super additive sugar mead. Mm-hmm. That's not generally what it is if you like make it yourself or you find, I guess, I'm sure there's places you can buy mead, you know, that people do it professionally. Mm-hmm. But like you can make it any style, just like wine, like, you know, dry, super sweet, super dry. It's just like with mead, you kind of mess around with it more than wine i think Mm -hmm. because you know we put in so we have i think echoes of winter we put in uh like even more spice or we used vanilla that's what it was we put in a lot of vanilla oh that was amazing echoes of winter quality we tried a mango one that didn't really work well we had a blueberry one that was interesting but it's like there's a whole nother world i never knew of of you know strange alcoholic beverage types that Turned out to be pretty good. It's like, it's a mild taste. Mm-hmm. It's hard to explain because I can say it like tastes like honey, kind of, especially if it's sweeter. Sometimes it'll taste like honey, but alcoholic, but it changes how it tastes too because it's got the alcohol. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Huh. That sounds really interesting. It's a, it's definitely new. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so yours, yours, your number five reminded you of Philly and of college and of, of times back then when things were simpler. Um, and my number four uh, is very is a very particular memory that I mean I can still have to this day. I can have it any time. I may have it after this because um, mm-hmm. when I'm editing or when my roommates are are getting up to some things and I just need to leave the house. So when I'm editing and I have edited enough and I'm like, I need to stop editing, but I still have more work to do, I'll take a walk. And there is a Vons about 15 minutes away from here by foot. Maybe 10. That is a convenience store. Yeah. Uh, It is a a grocery store. It is an overpriced grocery store, but it is a grocery store. (laughs) Um. And so on these days, late night, like it's it's almost always like 9 p.m., 10 p.m. when I'm doing this. And I'll walk down there, and I'll get a soda of some sort, and I'll get a Vaughn's cherry pie, which is like a hostess cherry pie. It's like one of those little handheld in a cardboard box, like, Mm -hmm. cherry pie dumpling things, basically, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I know what you mean. And I don't want anyone to think that this is good. It's great. It's not good. But it is a flavor of 2018 for me, to, for sure, because it's just, it's the flavor of, like, six needs a break. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's, yeah, it meant a lot to me in 2018, just just going out and getting, getting myself an 89-cent cherry pie and, and walking back, munching on that. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. It's like, when I, when I was in Philly again, like, I have grown up and have always lived in comparatively the middle mm-hmm. of nowhere right so i literally cannot walk anywhere i would probably get run mm-hmm. over or it would take me to, how long would it actually take maybe 45 Oof. minutes 30 to 45 to actually walk anywhere along the side of like a very dark road in the middle of nowhere but like when i was in philly the fact that i could leave my apartment and just go get food someplace was crazy or in the middle of the night walk to a Seven Eleven and get 
you know, a soda or something was insane. And it was a very interesting, you know, it's a very, uh, I don't know, serene feeling, you know, walking alone at night or something, Mm -hmm. going to get yourself some junk food. So I can definitely relate to that, too. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's there's something about like, you know, it's as much about the walk as it is the food as you as you observed. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Enjoying your own company. My number four. It's going to be another Mm -hmm. Philly thing. So in my last few quarters of college, had a bunch of classes, but there were, you know, smaller classes. So there was only a few of us. So occasionally some of us are people in one of my really small uh, radio classes would you know we'd get together do work or something but then we would make dinner so like it must have been a weekend usually weekend that like you know we somehow didn't have a lot of work to do so we'd make dinner and so we kept trying random things because my other two friends who do this with i went over to their place they you know they like to cook i don't think they cook as much as me but they're like probably above average Mm -hmm. for the amount they cooked and we made just like a bunch of stuff. We made like creme brulee, like a lot of creme brulee. We made, uh, uh, I think, tacos or something of, of, of some sort. And then we made gnocchi mm-hmm. one time. And I had never made gnocchi before. Gnocchi is really good. Yeah. I think the hungrier you are, you know, we talked on a Jackie's Chow on a recent bottle crow, I think about potatoes. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we talk about potatoes a lot, I feel like, compared to other things. And, like, the simplicity, I don't know, of the carb or something, the hungrier you are, the better potatoes taste. That's And in gnocchi form, that's a great observation. you, like, make yourself fucking hungry. Gnocchi are so, like, they're so uh, labor-intensive for what they are, I feel like. <laughs> have you made gnocchi? I have never made gnocchi, no. But you've had it, it sounds like. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. This, this had my, been my first time. I don't think I've had it since, actually. But, like, you know, you boil the potatoes, right? You make the dough. Mm-hmm. And then you have to, like, roll out each tiny individual gnocchi. And we, like, used a fork or something to get the ridges in it. It's it's a potato dumpling, basically, for people who haven't had it. And then you have to boil the gnocchi. And, you know, we made enough for, like, four or five people at least. So we had to do a, a big batches of this. And, you know, I'd, an assembly line. And then you have to make the sauce or whatever. And then whatever else you're making. And so it was, like, a big ordeal. It took, like... The whole thing took like two to four hours probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have to take that time, but we're making other side dishes and stuff. Man, we made ourselves so hungry because, you know, I probably went over to their place at five, right? And then two to four hours later, we were dying. It's like, Jesus, we've been staring at all the like pounds and pounds of potatoes for a long time. And then you take your first bite of like the super carb dumpling and it's all worth it. Would you say it's a very like a very subtle flavor, like a very mellow flavor? I'd say it's even not about the flavor. So it's like a low-key gnocchi. In particular. <laughs> a low-key, low-key, low-key. For this okie gives it, I, I give it an okie-dokie. <laughs> I hate us. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's the, the chew. It's the dumpling chew mm-hmm. and like the potato carb kick it's like "Mm, this is dense i'm gonna eat like a pound of this (laughs) and feel very very slow it was good and i think it was at this point probably while we were waiting to boil our pounds of potatoes um my friend joel had us he he, they were you know we had wine and stuff but then he also had some strange bottle of tequila 
right? And he said, okay, I've heard about this shot they do in this place, or, you know, our friends did this thing. And so uh, we, we had a tequila shot with half, what is it? The rim is covered in co- instant coffee or regular coffee, instant coffee and salt, instant coffee and salt, I think. So what you do is you, oh, I'm forgetting the order now. I should have looked this up. And then you have a lime, right? This mm-hmm. all sounds insane. You, oh no, oh no, no. Okay. So you have a shot of tequila, right? Just a regular shot of tequila back up. Okay. I think it was a strange tequila, but anyways, just regular tequila. And then you have a lime wedge, okay? So you have tequila in one hand, lime wedge in the other. And then the lime wedge, of course, has two sides, right? You Uh tap or, you know, you dip one side into instant coffee and the other into salt. And then you take a bite of the lime and then you drink the shot of tequila and it makes the lime taste sweet i think i'm probably sound insane why I do you do this any up. of this i don't know <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't bad like it wasn't like oh do do this crazy shot it was actually good and that's why i remember it as part of this dinner party thing huh. experience it was very strange i'm sure somebody out there knows what the hell i'm supposed to be talking about but it was a very surprising shot ordeal shot construction yeah that does sound that mm. i will say that sounds surprising <laughs> <It> sounds weird <laughs> yeah. yeah if i had to consume tequila i would do it in that manner with a lime with coffee and salt on it i just drink it i guess <laughs> yeah. i mean well, i don't know i don't like tequila but you know yeah i mean either <laughs> yeah. i don't like any alcohol this was okay but yeah <clears throat> but you do like your number three i do well I do like my number three, oh. though. My number three was kind of... I had a period of not liking my number three because of my experience with it in 2018. Ooh. So, <clears throat> the, the arrangement I have with my roommates is that uh, I do the fancy cooking, basically. Like, they do cooking sometimes, but I do more of the mm-hmm. more elaborate cooking. Um, and so, in exchange for that, uh, I don't have to pay as much for groceries, I have a smaller cut of the grocery bill. Um, and I'm also not the one who usually does the grocery shopping. So I've, like, I'll, I'll send my roommate. My roommate will be like, hey, I'm going to go shopping. Like, what do you need? It's like, bought a, and I'll send over, you know, like, oh, here's the stuff I need. Um, mm-hmm. And one week, my roommate was, my roommates were like, oh, hey, you know, like, like, what do you need? And I was like, oh, I've, like, I, I, internally, I was like, oh, I thought you guys were going out of town. Um, okay, here's, here are the two things I'm going to cook this week. Um. And then they went and they got all that, and they're like, oh, right, we're going out of town. And it's like, okay, so I got all these ingredients for meals, and you're leaving. <laughs> um, and one of those meals was the Monte Cristo sandwich. Ooh. Um, which, if you're not familiar, is like ham and turkey and cheese, and it's fried in like a nice, like a sort of like almost a French toasty, like crispy batter. And then you sprinkle it with powdered sugar and dip it in jam. It's like the craziest, most fucked up French toast grilled cheese. It's amazing. Ham. It's fantastical. I don't know if I've even ever had one, but like I know it by reputation. Mm, yeah, and, and making it even more ridiculous is that the uh, bread my my roommate picked up was a freshly baked loaf of brioche. And so it was some hardcore shit. Oh my god. Um, 
and then they left and I was like, well, okay. Um, I guess I have to use this stuff. So I made a Monte Cristo for dinner one night. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, this peanut oil is fine. Like cooking one sandwich didn't make it go bad. And I still have all the ingredients. So I had a Monte Cristo for lunch the next day. And then for dinner the next day. And then for lunch the next day. And uh, by the end of this chain, I was extremely sick of Monte Cristo sandwiches. You were the the literal count of Monte Cristo. uh, It's an incredibly good sandwich. That's how you get the title. But I just like, I mean, it's a deep fried meat and cheese sandwich (laughs) with sugar on it. I felt so gross. Oh my god! I can totally understand because you're like, I will not be defeated. I will not waste this food. I will. I've had a plan. I'm gonna stick to it. I, food is not. I am not a slave to food. I will eat whatever I want. I will. It is fuel for my body. Exactly. Exactly what happened. I was just like, oh, I was unhappy. I was very unhappy. <laughs> Some American psycho shit just six alone in the mirror looking at your reflection taking a bite of the monte cristo sandwich i'm not a slave to my food <sighs> nick what is your number three is it, it i hope it's more of a pleasant I've experience forgotten. let me go back to- <laughs> that was such a, a guttural image for me okay oh yes okay so um i had a grill in philly right? sure I had like it was this very strange apartment, so I actually had like a, a small deck area. So I had a propane grill. This is you know small, but full propane grill. So I'm like, hmm, what can I do? It was like a weekend. I'm like, you know what? I want to make pizza because I've heard about you know doing grilled pizza. So I looked up how to make grilled pizza. That's great. I think I did that once. I used whole flour wheat, and I made the dough so badly. <laughs> it was it was fine, but like I had to scrape off some burnt bits. In order to get it fully cooked and the whole wheat, you know, it's it was too whole wheat, too holy. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, this is fine. We'll eat it. But then the next time, I'm like, okay, okay, hold on. I'm not going to try to make a regular pizza this time. I'm sure I can do it. Just don't use fucking all whole wheat, like 200% whole wheat flour. Duh. But this time, I'm like, you know what? What should I do? What should I do? And so this is, I think I... I did it on an official Jackie's Chow episode. You did, yeah. This is my miso grilled pizza, where instead of tomato sauce, I made from scratch a, well, except for the miso, a miso mayonnaise as like the base sauce. Mm-hmm. So this time the dough was much better. Like I, I made it the right shape, the right thickness, and out of the right materials for the grill. And so I got it to like semi keep its shape. And actually get a little, you know, crispy on the bottom. Still have a chew to it. The dough is, you know, much, much better. Much improved. Mm-hmm. And then the miso mayonnaise was fucking amazing. It was the best part of this entire meal. Wow. And I think I just, like, had it on toast afterwards. But I think, so this was the miso pizza that I put mushrooms on. We might have had chicken or maybe tofu. I think maybe just chicken, if anything. And then for toppings, we had nori, the the roasted seaweed um japanese spice powder and bonito flakes the like shaved smoked fish flakes Mm. it was quite the experience the miso mayonnaise though really took the cake and like oh yeah and then i put uh like blanched spinach or blanched bok choy on top i think it was 
this this was a very interesting piece. I I like to experiment a lot. Obviously, you know, I'll talk to Six or, you know, talk on Jackie's Chow more about the successes usually. But, like, I fully expected this to not be great. I think uh, Hot Dog was over and we made it. And I fully expected to be, like, feeding somebody something that was, like, passable but pretty, you know, like, oh, okay, there's lessons to be learned (laughs) from this. Because, like, you know, my second or third time making pizza on the grill, making mayonnaise from scratch making miso mayonnaise and then putting all this on a pizza and just expecting it to work man so you know i rolled the dice well on this one and it was a very memorable pizza that hopefully someday i will make again (laughs) yeah you you reminded me of actually not just last week um i had uh one of the one of a normal episode of jackie chow i would not bring up one of my failures which was i made a chicken tikka masala and Hmm. listen great recipe turned out great there was only one problem um when it came time to add the cayenne pepper i was like that's fine i cannot like it's like two you know two tablespoons i was like i can eyeball that that's not a problem um and so i took my fairly large container of cayenne pepper and tilted it and the lid fell off and it just dropped (laughs) a shitload of cayenne pepper in there oh no! and i was like okay this is fine It'll be a little spicy. <laughs> this is oh my god! <laughs> it was a weapon. But you ate? Did you? Oh, eat of course, it? I ate it. But of it was it was a weapon. <laughs> yes, a man chooses a slave. Uh, no, that that stuff was dead. Like I ended up with the leftovers. I ended up mixing in extra yogurt to try and like basically water it down, <laughs> because it was like you know you yeah. take a you take your first bite and you're like this is kind of spicy. And then you'd sit for a minute and you'd be like, okay. And then you'd like stick your tongue out and breathe with your tongue sticking out of your mouth to try and cool off your tongue because it was fucking killing you. (laughs) Um, But back on topic, back on the list, you mentioned basically a Japanese pizza that you made. Mm -hmm. I made something that people refer a lot to as Japanese pizza, which is okonomiyaki. I know what it is. I've talked about this on Jackie's Chow. This is probably the dish I made the most this year. I made a lot of okonomiyaki because this was my first year making it. And um, so for those who are not familiar, it's like a savory seafood cabbage pancake. And it's it's not hard to make. And it's so good. It's really good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So that was just that was a really that's that's my number two that was a real staple. Um, you know, you get some you get some shrimp, you get some cabbage, you get a little like a eggy batter, you get some bacon, you get the okonomi sauce, which is really nice. You get a little scattering of of uh, aonori on top. It's mm. it's really just the whole package. I can't I can't say anything bad about okonomiyaki. I I am in love with it, and I can't wait to try out more varieties of it in. Uh, in 2018 because or 2019 excuse me because mm-hmm. in 2018 i basically only made like a basic shrimp and bacon okonomiyaki because it was so good i was scared to experiment but i'm past my fear and i'm ready to do stuff i'm ready to do stuff with like pickled ginger and chinese sausage and really get wild with it you, you've talked about okonomiyaki for so long and yet i still have never made it from scratch like i've had mm-hmm. it before from places but it doesn't sound hard like you said like the ingredients are basic and i know how to make it 
I have some cabbage in the fridge right now. I might just make like a, a no seafood. Maybe I have some. Fro- I might have frozen shrimp. I I gotta try mm-hmm. to make it soon, because I know it's gonna be great. I know I'm going to be you know as enlightened as you are. I'm like oh, it's, it's so a, easy. It's a dazzler. It's, it's a stunner. It really is. Mm-hmm. I'll report. I'm back also gonna make some takoyaki this year, so I'll report back on that. Oh, can oh you can probably get octopus pretty. Easily, I can probably right? get octopus, but also there are non-octopus well, versions of it. I might have to start with those because I have to feed okay. them to my roommates, and I think they're going to be skeptical of octopus uh-huh, yes. until I convince them. <laughs> I understand that, yeah. So, Nick, what is your number two? My number two. I was trying to think what what should I put for number two? Because I was trying to think what do I remember food from twenty eighteen. And I kept thinking about this thing, and I kept passing it over because I felt like it was just too broad. But then I'm like, you know what? No, no. I think I kept thinking about it so much. I'm like, no, this is definitely the number, you know, second most thing I've thought about food in 2018. And it's just the cooking and the food I had because I started going to Philly's Chinatown every weekend. Mm -hmm. It was, it's, you know. I never grew up having any sort of Asian cuisine at all, basically. Hmm. Like, uh, 0%, basically. (laughs) You know, asterisk. And so, I think it was probably the start of 2018, or maybe halfway through 2017. Started shopping occasionally at the... at an Asian market in Philly. And just like, you you know, I had to explore first. I'm like, first what the hell is this? The place I went to is, it's literally just called Asian Supermarket. It's on 11th and Race if you're in Philly. You know, I highly recommend it. Um, and just like the ingredients there, you know, I had to get used to what's in, in Asian grocery stores. And, you know, in Philly, there's more like of a Cantonese population than there is around here where I get now in Maryland. Mm. So like learning, you know, all the ingredients they have. First, I would just, you know, get regular stuff from the aisles and the produce and then started just, you know, getting random meats and fish which is like you know nothing was labeled in english it was all just in like the prices were in cantonese so i'm like i don't know what the heck this is so i just kind of have to recognize it and you know try to get it from behind the counter basically Mm -hmm. and so i got more and more adventurous and so that was very interesting and then there's a few places just like in general i think my my number two is just how going to Chinatown, it turned out to be every weekend. Like the last year, it was literally every weekend I was just shopping <laughs> there because it was such a different experience. And I think I talked about that on Jackie's Chow or Bottle Crow before it at some point because it was just like really interesting. It was super different and it was super interesting. And it was super tasty. Like all these new Chinese, you know, whatever things I was getting at the Asian market flavors. Very interesting and very cheap. <laughs> like way cheaper than it had any right to be. For you know, and it wasn't that it's not that sketchy, right? Like some of the sure. chicken was, it didn't last very long, so I didn't get a lot of the chicken. But it, you like noodles, like getting pounds of noodles, so cheap it was crazy. And then in the supermarket on Eleventh and Race in Philly, there is a restaurant. It's called Tasty Place, or at least that's the sign. It's literally called Tasty Place, and that's what's on their menu. It's on the right. As you walk down the stairs, because this is an underground Chinese grocery store, it is literally under the ground. 
like <laughs> under a uh, parking garage. It's <laughs> a very interesting setting. But in this place, in the corner, there's this restaurant called Tasty Place. And it has some of the most amazing Cantonese food. Well, Cantonese and, you know, Sichuan, whatever. I don't know a lot about it. But it had the most delicious Chinese food, authentic Chinese food I could imagine. Like, they made this... Um, like Sichuan veggie noodle stir fry thing, amazing. They had quote unquote salt baked chicken wings that I definitely talked about at least with six, maybe on a podcast. It was the juiciest fried chicken wing imaginable. It must have been brined and then had some sort of crazy batter on it that just like was watertight. I swear to God, I you would bite into it and it would explode. In juice. Wow. I don't understand how there was that much juice. It was amazing. And I've, you know, I have not encountered a satisfactory chicken wing since. since. Chicken wing since. Huh. Wow. But just like lots of, you know, memories, emotions, tastes from going to Chinatown for a year for my cooking. That's a beautiful segue, Nick. That's what I planned. Because so we opened like my number two was Okonomiyaki, mm-hmm. which, hey, I got my Okonomiyaki, like, kits in Little Tokyo in Japan. Or not in Japan. <laughs> in-, in Japan. Wow, really? <laughs> Little Tokyo. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this name. No, in uh, in Los Angeles, because I'm in, I'm in uh, barely in Los Angeles County, so it's possible for me to zip on down there. Um, but while I was there, I also got to go to some restaurants, my occasional day trip down there, Mm -hmm. and oh my god, Nick. (laughs) There was one restaurant called Monzo. I I took a picture of the door, and I also took a picture of what I ate, which I'm now going to post in our Discord. I know that's not of any use to you listeners, but... I'm just, I'm just gonna, if it'll let me. But I'll give a, a great reaction. Um, so it was an udon place, and I've never had udon before. This was my first time ever having udon, and I went in, and I was like, you know, I like ramen, and I think this is gonna be like, like, ramen adjacent. I don't know. I, I didn't totally know what to <laughs> expect, but whatever it was, I was in for it. Um, and so went in, and ordered. Some curry udon, which I'm now Are attempting to upload. I'm trying. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Discord. There the we suspense. go. Ooh. Ooh. Mmm. And mm. so what they served me Open original. was this, like, you know, like, thick udon noodles and this, like, almost gelatinous curry broth. It was so thick. Oh, it looks like like curry gravy. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it was it was even thicker than a normal gravy. It was it was so it was so viscous and thick and piled with green onions on top. And it was just this and the, you can see some pork in there, right? So it's pork, mm-hmm. noodles, this this curry sauce and green onions. And I ate with a fever I have not eaten <laughs> in a long time. I just kept going. I like I am not a person who keeps eating past the point of of comfort. When I start to feel uncomfortable, I stop. I did not stop. 
And I am like, I have a date where I can go back downtown where I will have the money and the time. And I am counting down the dates to go get more curry udon <laughs> because it blew my mind. What, if you can possibly, what part was it that was so captivating? I mean, it was that curry gravy. It was like, it was just this like, mm. like rich, like not spicy, like, you know, spicy like curry, right? Like this, like very like mix of like sort of. It was like Japanese curry. Yeah, but not, you know, I've had Japanese okay. curry before and this was, this was somewhere, it felt more like a mix between what I think of as Japanese curry and like Indian curry. It was more like a fusion of the two. Ooh. Um, it just had some Down. really amazing flavor and like the texture was, you know, like those noodles were so thick, but so soft mm-hmm. and mixing with that, like that very thick sauce and then the occasional crunch of the green onions. And it was just, it was just a magnificent experience. This picture. Mm. Truly. So Los Angeles, little Tokyo, Monzo, I highly recommend it. I could stare at this picture of noodles for hours because we didn't plan this six, but excellent segue. Oh no. What, what did I do? Because my number one food of 2018. So listen, I started going to Chinatown, right? Because me and Harodaga would go and we'd both go shop at this underground Asian market. I just wanted to try it one time and then, you know, it, it was a while and then tried it another time. And then eventually it happened that every week, we're just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to grocery shop exclusively at this underground Asian grocery store. It was a very interesting mm-hmm. time. And then we're like, you know what? It's the weekend, you know, Saturday, Sunday, whatever. Let's get lunch while we're there, oh. right? Because it's Philadelphia Chinatown. There's fucking just, you know, you, you name it, it's there. It's the authentic Chinese food, which I can't get where I live in Maryland. It's, you know, we had some Korean food, not a lot. Some Vietnamese stuff. We got good pho at one point. It was it was great. And then I'm like, you know what? I want to try this one place. I've never really had anything like it. And this is where I discovered my ramen oh. place. So this is, I think, the only place in Philly, well... Maybe one place that we never tried that you can get what I think is probably authentic Japanese ramen. You know, I'm not I'm not a person who cares if it's authentic necessarily, but it was so delicious. I have to imagine that this is like the purest form of decent ramen. I'd never had good ramen before. I'm I was, you know, one of the people like ramen. All right. That's, you know, the dried noodles that come in the packet with a packet of, you know, broth powder, bouillon, right? That you get for like a buck for 20000 right? And then I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. I think maybe I was learning Japanese by this point. I'm like, oh, ramen is like a just a general thing. It's like, oh, you got fresh noodles. Oh, there's different types of ramen. Oh, that's interesting. Huh, cool. You know, different noodle soups. That's interesting. And then we went to this place. It's called Terakawa Ramen in Philly. It's on uh, Ninth and Race. And it's this small, narrow shop. It's got maybe... 20 to 30 seats in it total and like the quote-unquote kitchen is like you know a bar along it so there's seats along the bar and then there's like one row of like two to four seat Mm -hmm. tables right that's basically it and so you can see the broth boiling you can see the noodles boiling you know the water and boiling noodles see you know the chefs they're making it 
and this place was transformative. And I think we went there uh, maybe 10 times total in 2018. And I think we discovered it definitely second half, probably, if then. Uh, it, the, it's indescribable. It's like this entire feel like you discovered with your curry udon. I've had udon before. I really like udon noodles too. But their tonkotsu ramen, which is tonkotsu is like, um, well, it's just like a pork-based broth. But the specific tonkotsu that they make at Terakawa is like, I think tonkotsu is generally from like southern Japan, the Kyushu region. And then Terakawa specifically, they say, does like uh, Kumamoto style from the Kumamoto region was like even more southern in uh, Kyushu there. Mm-hmm. And do they do the koteri? Uh what is that? <laughs> That's like where they use the back fat? Back fat. Oh. Probably. <laughs> Cuz so l- let me explain the the ramen. They had, you know, a few different versions. There's different kinds of ramen, but the the best one I think and the just the one I think about all the time is their tonkotsu. And I talked about it on a Jackie's Chow. It's this creamy pork bone based broth. It is literally like it looks, it's like a creamy beige, not quite brown. It's like cream and brownish maybe. And then the noodles are not quote unquote, you know, ramen like we think the curly yellow noodles. They are a straight, thin, firm noodle. And this place caused me to just get fucking addicted to noodles. I cannot get wow. enough of the style of, like, there's Chinese versions of this that are close, too. I'm sure, I think ramen has, like, you know, roots in Chinese culture stuff, because Kyushu isn't too far from China, I, I think. Let's not get into geography here, because I'll be very wrong. But, like, <laughs> I, you know, I go to the Chinese markets now. There's one semi-close to me. I just went today, actually, and got this, as close as I can get to this style of noodle. But... Firm noodles, like I, you can tell them how al dente, basically, you want your noodles done, like, you know, make them softer or firmer. I would get them as firm as possible. Like, I want you to wave my noodles over the boiling water and then put it in my bowl. And just, like, a super firm noodle, super hot broth. Their broth is fucking amazing. Their tonkotsu, like, they've, I think they, you know, simmer it for, like, a day or something. And that's how you make tonkotsu. You just boil the shit out of some pork bones and other stuff. Mm-hmm. But Terakawa, this place, I you I don't know how you can beat it. I hope there's a place to beat it in D.C. maybe because I can kind of get to D.C. in an hour-ish. But, yeah. like, I think about this place all the time. <laughs> the fact that I could just go there on the weekends, you know, get a, a bowl of ramen. And this place, I, th- I think it's a regional thing too. You can do kaidama, which is like bonus noodles. Mm-hmm. I, I think you know. Yeah, like you have those kind of yeah. places in LA. But like I would get this nice big bowl of tonkotsu ramen. It's like ridiculously hot. And we were going there when it was winter, super windy, super cold in Philly. And then you'd go in and you'd, you know, you'd often have to stand around and wait a while because this place would have a wait because they don't have a lot of seats, but they have super high demand. But the prices were super reasonable too. But then you'd get this ridiculously hot steaming bowl of ramen. You'd have to slurp up the super firm noodles and then you'd get bonus noodles and they just give you an entire other plate of noodles and you just slide it into your broth. 
and then you have the other noodles in the broth. Like I sound fanatical about this place because it is it was transformative. I'm now wow. a noodle crazy person. Noodles. Nick, as you say, we didn't plan this. No. <laughs> I this is like this is a slightly my top five is slightly insincere. Hmm. Because previously it had another Japanese item on it, and I was like, I can't have this many Japanese items six, on here. Six, what is your zeroth place entry? My zeroth place is Menkoya Ramen in Claremont, <sighs> California. <sighs> oh, you don't need to look it up. You can just look at the photo I posted. <gasps> ah! Um, so delicious. They also do a, a tonkatsu koteri, though that is not my Menko favorite. Ramen house. Mm. I like just their their basic menkoi ramen. I like to add uh, soft boiled eggs. They don't do it by default. But this place. So let me tell you a story. The first time I went to this place, I went with my dad because mm -hmm. he was like, "Hey, let's catch up. Let's go to you know go someplace you'd like." There's this new ramen place, and we go in and we sit down and we order after waiting a little bit. And there's music on. And the place isn't that loud. It's it's a little bit loud, but you can still make out the music if you focus. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting distracted by the music because I swear to God it sounds familiar. And I stop and I focus and I said, oh my God, this is Cruel Angel's thesis from Evangelion. <laughs> I remember you telling us about it. And then the next song played and I was like, oh my God. This is the theme song from Code Geass. And then the next song played, and it was Simple and Clean from Kingdom Hearts. And I was like, okay, clearly I have to become a regular here. <laughs> oh, this place. I did look it up anyways. Oh, it looks perfect. It's, it's wonderful. It's delightful. Another time I went in, uh, they were playing a Disney playlist, and one it, it was slow. So one of the cooks came out of the back... And it was not a regular Disney playlist. It was all in Spanish. And one of the cooks was teaching a little girl how to sing Let It Go in Spanish. This place this rules. Is, this is the place of dreams. It's incredible. <laughs> I'm looking through the 250 photos on Yelp. Just, ah, uh, I don't understand. I, I, I guess I do. I've I've said on podcasts before that the county where I grew up is ninety three percent white, but like, I don't understand how every culture is not as noodle soup crazy as like Japan and China are. It's so I'm sure Korea it's probably incredible. Just ignorant. But noodle soups like, are so good, and like we're raised <sighs> Americans are raised on like chicken noodle soup, and like listen, mm -hmm. chicken noodle soup's fine, but like you oh know my something? god. Uh, God, I, I, I made a huge batch of chicken noodle soup a while back, just like, you know, from scratch, whatever. Mm -hmm. I think I used pre-made stock. And like, I, maybe I was sick or something. And I freezed a bunch. And I unfroze it this week and I had it for lunch. It was good. It was, you know, it was definitely a good soup. It's nothing like any Asian noodle soup. No. It's, it's truly amazing. The slurping noodles, since I've become a, a true slurper, hashtag slurpers, it's, I've, I've, there was a veil pulled back, and now I can never unsee. I can never go back to my small world of not wanting to slurp up 
two pounds of straight noodles and and d- drink my delicious, ridiculously fatty, salty tonkotsu. <sighs> I, uh, I'm just so sad that we don't have more ramen places. It's just like, imagine a long, you know, it's a stereotypical thing in Japan. There's, you know, tiny ramen shops, places. Mm-hmm. But like, imagine, you know, having a long day at work or something, and then you're walking home because, or, you know, magnificent public transport because you're not in the U.S. And then you just, you're like, you know what? No, I'm not going to go home. I'm going to stop by this place and I'm going to have a warm, reasonably priced, probably cheap bowl of delicious noodles and broth. <laughs> truly, truly a fantasy. God, world. that would be incredible. But I, I wish we had more noodle places. I mean, in, in L.A., like West Coast, you have more Japanese population than we do. That's true. And almost anywhere on the East Coast. I think D.C. has some Japanese culture stuff. But like L.A. is definitely the second I think it's like Japan, Brazil, and LA have the highest population of Japanese people. I think. Yeah, there's some good options out here. I'm but. pleasantly surprised for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Nick, we we are Jackie's Chow. We are. It would be wonderful to end on this note of beauty and harmony and noodle soup, but we can't do that. That's not true to who we are. No, I'm going to have to close this tab. So okay. I'm going I'm to no have to ask some follow-up questions from the year that is that was our Jackie's Chow. Okay. Nick, there were two things that I tasked you with that I'm not sure if you followed up on. Uh-oh. The first was more recent. Have you had any Doritos since we last spoke? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yes, I've had a Dorito. Yeah? So... Okay, what was, why was this? So there was, so at work we had somebody fly in um, who makes some software that we use to do like a two-day training session, Mm -hmm. right? And so we provided, you know, some bagels and coffee in the morning and then we had, you know, lunch both days. We had like pizza or something. And we had pizza, but then we also had two bags or three bags of chips. And one of those bags was Doritos, I think the regular nacho cheese cheese ones. And I had a Dorito. Just because I'm like, you know what? Six was talking about Doritos. He said I need to have Doritos. Got to can't let you. Do. How was that experience for you? It was decent. My hands were then very dirty. <laughs> you know, my two my two fingers are like, oh, this is why Doritos are impractical. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can't have you know a fucking potato chip and then just be like, okay. But like the Dorito, it was a it was okay. Well, you but it was, it you've was already good. done better than I expected. It's time to go for extra credit. <laughs> oh, Nick, no. did you go to Taco Bell? <laughs> 2019 the year of taco bell <laughs> i don't drive talk by taco bell that often but i do occasionally drive by taco bell but it's like 15 to 20 minutes away from mm. me and if i'm going over there it might be to go to a different place to have dinner what if what if one so day you were not, like i could not... go have some like a nice dinner or I could have mm-hmm. a double cheesy gordita crunch. <laughs> That's not a bad time. I don't. I think when I was in Philly, I went, you know had my school stuff. I had a big post-it note, like I had a large <laughs> stack of large post-it notes, right? And I think that's where I wrote down what you told uh-huh. me to get. And so I don't actually know if I have the order anymore. It's okay. But 
when i do go i will ask no listen you you send me that you send me that message i'll drop whatever i'm doing i'm i'm like i'm helping an old lady (laughs) across the street she can get hit by a car i don't care i'm taking my lunch this is important yeah (laughs) this is taco bell is sacred It's got a, in 2019, I, I swear, it it will happen. I shall oh, go right. to Taco oh, Bell right. in 2019. Unless they go bankrupt tomorrow. In which case, I will buy out Taco Bell. Wow. Mark my words. If Taco Bell goes bankrupt and they're trying to restructure, I will find a way to purchase, to acquire Taco well, Bell. I think Yum Food Brands is doing just fine, but I'm sure they appreciate the, <laughs> okay. the safety that, That's that good you to hear. offered today. Nick, do you have any closing mm-hmm. thoughts for us here? I was going to make a sound like slurping noodles, but, you know, I think that's fine if we don't do that. Closing thoughts. Well, I think what are we looking forward to in 2019 besides me going to Taco Bell? Um, hmm, That's a very good question. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to try more types of udon. Um, I'm going to make takoyaki. I want to try hot pot this year. Um, cause I've never mm-hmm. had hot pot and I want to get more into like, into Chinese cooking are, are sort of like priorities of mine for this year. Mm-hmm. I want to make, so I have a pasta maker machine. I want to make more noodles, whether it be pasta or if I, I really want to try to create that Kumamoto style noodle mm-hmm. because I love super firm noodles. Like, even if I just make pasta now, I cook it two minutes less than it tells me to for, like, the lower end of the range. And I'm like, oh, this is the premier experience. (laughs) This is how noodles should be. So I want to get back into making my own noodles because I've done it twice. And I feel like I've improved exponentially each time. 2019 is the year of the noodle for me and is the year of new things in Chinese cooking. That's, you know, what what more positive note could we end on? And with all sorts... Okay, actually, you know what? There is one more positive note I could end on. It may not have been a beverage of 2019 or 2018 because it's a beverage of every year. This episode was brought to you on my end by Amp Energy, the original flavor. Because I enjoy the finer things in life. (laughs) I hope you make... like. Your uh, what is your disgusting super bachelor ramen? Oh yeah, the bachelor special peanut butter. I I don't even want to hear about it. But you should put amp like drink a name with that. You know, I bet I could marinate it. (laughs) God, (laughs) forgive me, Father. (laughs) They don't know it. They do. God, boy. But this, this, and many other adventures await in in another year of food, another year of Jackie's Chow. Um. But until then, I'm going to give the... This is the last uh, gimmick award, so I'm going to give the full-ass mm-hmm. plug zone. Oh. Um, the right mega the plug zone. Ass. So if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at 6 If you want to find Jen on Twitter, she's at JBU3. And if you want to find both of us, you can go to scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. We have a bunch of uh, articles that we come out with. We have some... Uh, videos we do now and then we have a lot of podcasts we have neutral game it's a fighting game podcast <laughs> we have the garnet wager that south korean reality game shows it includes nick now and that's great we've got uh novel not new that's on the um abnormal mapping network but that's still us you've got oops all anime that's patron only but it's good shit you've got bottle crow who could forget bottle crow 
And you may have some new things coming in 2019. Oh, and also, of course, you've got Scanline Talks, which is where this is going up, and other random things we throw up now and then, where we're just we just don't have a we don't have a spot for something, but we're like, hey, this is fun, let's do it. Nick, the plug zone. Six. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't opt out this time. This is like the big one. This is like a this is like a plug zone event. Everybody's here. Like Smash Ultimate. You can find <laughs> everybody is here. It's my favorite when everybody is here. You can find me on Bottle Crow slash Jackie's Chow. And you can find me on Twitter at We Like Sleeves. Tweet me pictures of your sleeves. We will rate them. We will like them. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, we haven't had a lot of use for it the recently, book. but we do have the Bottle Crow Twitter and we will retweet uh, Dota 2 professionals talking about food with hashtag Jackie's Tao. Ciao. Not Tao. Jackie's, Jackie's Tao. Tao. We're getting into religion in 2019. <laughs> oh, God. More like Jackie's Tao. Ooh. Ooh. Jackie's Bow? What's that? Imagine Jackie Chow making a bow. Or maybe Jackie Chow in a bow. Jack, not J- Jesus. Jackie Mao. I'm sorry. So Jackie Mao is a Dota. Yeah, in case people. you didn't know, okay. Jack Jackie Mao is the name of a Dota player. And one time he tweeted about how he had no idea how to cook. Thus the name of this entire segment. I'm so glad he did. He was boiling a, a, a tomato and broccoli or something. A whole tomato and a whole broccoli. <laughs> and whole oh, broccoli. Jackie. And then he just threw an egg in there in the uh, shell. Uh, that's right. Oh. In the shell. Egg in the shell. It's my favorite anime. Peace out, folks. <laughs> I just remembered. I made myself remember the Guy Fieri noodles. <laughs> Jesus. When I did in the middle of making that sound. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I will do the slurping sound after all. Oh, you know what this sounds like? <laughs> what it sounds like in my head when I see the God. fairy noodle. Mm.